Could the Rams really get Caleb Williams? That's coming up on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley? Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Rams podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single day. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We're also available over on YouTube. So join the party, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and most importantly, drop your Rams takes down below. We want all your Rams takes down below in the comment section. My name is Doug McCain. Friends call me DMAC. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade, the Lakers, the Dodgers, and now covering the Rams for Locked On. And as always, that man to your right is the Rams pre-half and post-game show host, for the Rams flagship radio network, ESPN 710 LA. He's entering his eighth season covering your Los Angeles Rams. Mr. Travis Rogers. You can follow him on Twitter at Travis Rogers. Now, Trav, we have a big show. People have been requesting it. We got some Caleb Williams talk today. You ready to get into it, my man? Yeah. Hey, this is Yeah, this is this is this might be the topic of the season, right? This is depending on how they get off to a start. This may be the thing that we're talking about in week four or five, never never mind uh in the middle of May, right? Yeah, absolutely. And look, there's a lot to unpack with Caleb Williams. And I think the first thing is how good is he? Because I think you don't have to use pencil. You can use a Sharpie barring some catastrophic disaster. He is going to be the number one pick in the 2024 NFL draft. This guy is a lead. This guy makes all the throws. This guy extends plays. He's creative. We're going to talk about what he does as a quarterback. I was at the UCLA USC game and I heard fight on all night long. It's still ringing in my head head all the plays he made just but first is what do you see from him as a quarterback on the field do you think he's worthy of this Victor Wimbenyama of the NFL level hype trap yeah well you know it, it's one of those things yes I think that from everything that we've seen in his college career there is very good reason to believe that he'll be a successful NFL player now I'll just I'll say this once and then we can just move past it because I don't want to speak it into existence you never really know for sure, right? That the people thought that Ryan Leaf would be good. People thought that Jamarcus Russell and guys like that would be good quarterbacks. So you're never really a hundred percent sure, but I do think that he could be something very, very special. Yes. Yeah. No, there's always a buzz factor. You can never rule that out. I mean, Matthew Stafford, he was the number one pick. He went on to win a Super Bowl. I mean, there's also the Jamarcus Russells that you talk about. I mean, Sam yep. Bradford, before the injuries, he looked good. But you just, you're never guaranteed with any of these number one quarterbacks. But just as a pure prospect, I mean, this guy has shown at this level that he is elite. Last year, I mean, 42 touchdowns, won the Heisman Trophy, finished second with a in the Power Five with a 91.6 PFF grade. I mean, 4,539 Yards. I mean, the big time throws at 32 big time throws. And I think what makes him really special, I think his receiver, Jordan Addison, said it best when he said the biggest thing about Caleb Williams is when the play breaks down, there becomes a whole nother play. So if you get 
your plant A against their plant A and it breaks down, yeah. something else happens where he can make those off-platform throws, create throws, and it's just he can make a negative play into a positive play better than any quarterback I've seen at that level since, I mean, you heard the comparisons to Patrick Mahomes, you've heard some comparisons to Aaron Rodgers, but as far as just his arm talent goes, do you think that he has the he can play that style in the NFL that you've seen him play at USC? Yeah, I do. And I think that's what's so exciting about him, that you look at the guys who are thriving in the NFL right now. And most of them, not all of them, there's always exceptions, but most of them are guys that can do exactly what you just described, which is make something happen off script, right? That if everything goes according to plan, every NFL quarterback is going to be able to do what you're supposed to do, to deliver the ball, to deliver the ball on time. But it's what happens when it isn't on script what happens when stuff breaks down can you extend it that extra second or two can you take off do you know are you big and strong enough to withstand the pounding if in fact you do take a hit down the field are you smart enough to know to not take that hit to get out of bounds to get down onto the ground and everything that we've seen from Caleb Williams is yes 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 and yes to all of these questions and he's got that little bit of x factor where it just seems that you talked about Jordan Addison his teammates seem to really rally around him. He came in here to Los Angeles last year as a guy that had come from Oklahoma. Nobody really knew him other than he was the guy from Oklahoma and he was Lincoln Riley's guy. And very, very quickly, he kind of got the the city in the palm of his hand is something very, very special, which, as you know, DMAC, is, as somebody that's born and raised here in L.A., that's hard to do, to kind of capture everybody's attention right away because you can't really fake it. You just either have that charisma, that X factor, or you don't, and he certainly does. And I think that translates not just to, you know, popularity, but to the locker room, to, to being able to get guys to follow you, and he seems to be able to have both of those things. Yeah, I think that's a great point in that how he endeared himself to Los Angeles, how he did have that star power. And I think a lot of that comes with his style of play. If he's a traditional just drop back quarterback yeah. making great throws, yeah, he's going to be a star. But I think it's the ooze, the odds that you see in the crowd when he plays. I mean, it's like he's playing with a Nerf football on recess. I mean, you're just <laughs> running around there and you're trying to catch him. And the imagination that he throws, the way he can just create lanes for himself, just the off-platform throws, I mean, it's definitely just something to behold especially when you see it in person but i will say if you want to kind of spot the pimple on a model type moment sometimes that does work against him i mean sometimes the layup is there but he runs yeah. out to the three-point line and hoist the three but i think that's what you love about him is his ability to extend those plays and i think maybe 10 15 20 years ago maybe that style of play might not work but we've seen it patrick mahomes does it all the time he's just running back kyler murray we've seen have success i mean this day and age you can't have success his size i mean not a lot of people talk about his size but 6'1 210 any issue with his size you think he can handle the pounding of the NFL because he's a big dude strong dude I think he's just big enough that it's not a big deal right he's not Josh Allen who's six foot four, 230 or 40 pounds and looks like a defensive tackle he's not like that but he's also not a guy like Kyler Murray who's running around out there and you're holding your breath every time he gets tackled I think he's just big enough to where his size isn't really an issue and I like what you mentioned, DMAC, about that, you know, sometimes the layup is there and why do you have to shoot the three? I think this is where potentially being on a team with a coach like Sean McVay would really benefit him to understand when it's time to make the layup, when it's a time to shoot that three, when it's a time to really kind of try to make it happen, when it's over and get out of bounds or get on the ground. I think that would come with experience. I think that would come with time. And I think that that would come with good coaching. And I think that obviously Sean McVay is one of the best in the business.
Yeah, no, I think that's a fantastic point is that I think his style, the college level, Lincoln Riley, he's so competitive that when he breaks the pocket, he just wants to get the most yardage he can get for every single play. But he'll learn quickly that if you want to have a long career in the NFL. Sometimes you got to go to that now. check down. Sometimes you have to take now. what the defense gives you. Yeah, for sure. No, the the guys that try that extra yard, that extra that no. If, if it's look, if it's fourth down in the NFC Championship game, stick your face in there. If it's third down in Week Six against the Cardinals, get on the ground, punt, live to fight another day, and let's get going. Because like we've seen, when the quarterback goes down, that's it. You, you know, you might make it a week or two, but beyond that, you're in deep, deep trouble. And uh, you know, beyond arm strength and foot speed and, and and intelligence, the the understanding of when it's over might be at the top of the list. Yeah, no, absolutely. Another thing I want to get your thoughts on, too, is, though, we always see this every year in the NFL. It's always the next draft. It's always the next draft that has the best quarterbacks, the superior right. quarterbacks. And you look at this draft with Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and some of these guys, and you say, oh, no, Caleb Williams, he's on another level. He's generational. He's superior and this and that. Do you think, I mean, if you look at his arm strength, I think he has a great arm for sure. I wouldn't say it's as freakish as a Patrick Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers. But I think when you combine all of his attributes, I definitely I definitely think he has that, but how do you think he compares to this last crop of quarterbacks that were drafted? Do you think he's on a whole nother level? I think he's a better pro prospect. You look at guys like CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, they're terrific college quarterbacks, and that's an amazing accomplishment in and of itself. But does that trend like Br Bryce Young's small? Right. Like he's just he's and he's narrow and it doesn't look like he's going to put on a ton of weight. Um, we'll see. CJ Stroud, you know, comes from a school that doesn't crank out NFL quarterbacks at a particularly high right now. You can make the same criticism of USC that they haven't had a ton of success at that position either in the NFL. Um, Williams just looks the part. Like if you close your eyes and think about him on an NFL field with his size and the way that he plays, it fits the modern game very, very well. So I really don't worry about those things too much. You know, like we talked about off the top, never say never, but this feels like a very, very likely successful NFL player. Uh, he, he, he runs, he moves, he's smart. He comes from a good program. It feels like a winning combination. Yeah, definitely. You see it. I feel like he's as close to a lock as we've seen. I think he's a tier one wrap right there with Trevor Lawrence, maybe just a little bit better than some of the guys we've seen over the last five, 10 years. But you do bring up that USC quarterback curse that they talk about. I wouldn't say it's a red flag. Maybe it's a little bit of a yellow flag. I mean, Rodney Pete, we know the robo arm, Tom Arinovich. I and mean, then there's Carson Palmer who won the Heisman Trophy. He went first overall to the Bengals, made two Pro Bowls with them. Then later in his career, made one with the Cardinals, led them to an NFC championship game. So he's definitely the best quarterback that they've ever produced. Matt Leinart, Mark Sanchez. I will say that Mark Sanchez, even though didn't quite work out, did make it to two AFC championship games. He did give us the best play in NFL history in the butt fumble. So, I mean, you have to love that. I mean, Hey, the coaches, they teach you to find a, find a hole <laughs> to and run to it. And he did just that, right? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a memorable event. If nothing else, for sure. No doubt. But yeah, no, I mean, I think I think Caleb Williams definitely just kind of wrapping up this first segment. Yes, I mean, all my USC friends, I mean, they, they tout this guy up like he is Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes reincarnated. They tell me that he can get Chick-fil-A on Sundays. I mean, they hype this guy up like no other. But I definitely think, hey, it's definitely worthwhile. He definitely has all the goods that you want to see in a lead prospect. But coming up in our second segment, how could the Rams end up with Caleb Williams? That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. 
All right, D-Mac, let's talk a little bit about FanDuel. You can make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. We're getting close to the end. We're almost towards the finals. And right now, new customers can get a new, a no sweat, not only a new sweat, but a no sweat first bet up to 1000 bucks. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Here's what's great about FanDuel. New promotions every single day. Not every other day, not occasionally, not once a week, but every day there are great promotions that are going to get you excited about your opportunities there. It is 100% safe and secure on the app, which means just put that app on your phone. You get started. You're going to not have to worry about anything else happening. And you get paid right away. Get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner, of the NBA. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single day. Free and available Red Gear podcast. We're also available over on YouTube. So join the party, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and drop all your Rams takes down below in the comment section. So, Travis, here in this second segment, the conversation is how could the Rams end up with Caleb Williams? Now, Sports Illustrated, they wrote a few days ago, expect the Rams to endure back-to-back losing seasons after winning the Super Bowl as they might find themselves in the race for Williams and May by Halloween. So you know where I stand in this. I want to see how this team performs early in the season. I think with a healthy Stafford, Donald Mm -hmm. Cup, and a healthy offensive line, hopefully this team, they get off to a good start and put together a solid season. But if they find themselves amongst some of the worst teams in the league, I mean, do you think that is the recipe for them getting Caleb Williams, or do you think it has to be an absolute just fall off the cliff, two or three wins, something in that realm? Well, I think there's two different ways that they can find themselves in a position to get Caleb Williams. The the first way is the most obvious way, the traditional way, and that's just be the team with the worst record, you know, the the year before and have that number one pick organically. Um I don't know if the Rams are bad enough to be that, right? I mean, maybe you, you never know. You get off to a bad start and maybe you get some injuries along the way and it just kind of snowballs on top of itself and you find yourself in week 12 or 13 with only a win or two. And then at that point, you're kind of making some different sorts of decisions. Now, hopefully it doesn't come to that. Um, the other way is you find yourself in the group, like you said, of teams with kind of the worst records. Like, you know, the, there's that group of teams that win two, three, four, five games, and they're all kind of lumped together. And you got to hope that the teams ahead of you don't need a quarterback, right? For instance, the Houston Texans just took a quarterback. The Carolina Panthers just took a quarterback. Um, a team like the Chicago Bears with Fields feels like they're set up at quarterback. Um, the interesting ones are the Arizona Cardinals. Do they decide to cut bait with a, with a Kyler Murray at a point like that if it just hasn't happened, if they're that bad again? He may miss a good chunk of the season. They might just be that bad because they're that bad. But if, at least if you're close enough and the guys and the teams ahead of you or reasonably set a quarterback, you can put together a package to move up to where you want to go. Um, and, and if you have the fifth pick in the draft, maybe you don't have to empty everything you've had. You can trade one for five and a couple of other things, or maybe a future first or whatever it is. You, But you need to be close. If you're in the middle of the pack, if you're in that situation where you're 14, 15 or something like that, 
Then you're getting kind of in the Jared Goff spot, right? I think the Rams went from 16 to number one. Well, we still haven't had a first-round draft pick since they did that in 2016. It's 2023. So that is a very expensive way to do it. Obviously, there were some other first-rounders with guys like Jalen Ramsey and stuff in there as well. But uh, if you're close, it costs a, less, a, a lot less. So either be dreadful, which nobody wants to see, or at least be dreadful adjacent, and then it can cost you a little bit less. Yeah, no, I think the first part of what you said is absolutely what I've been thinking about last few days is you look at the teams that drafted in the previous draft, the Panthers with Bryce Young, the Texans with CJ Stroud, the Bears, if they do have a terrible season, I think at that point, you have to assume they will move off Justin Fields and probably go after Caleb Williams, the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, we know they're high on Anthony Richardson, but will they look to get another quarterback if he doesn't work out? I think that'd be quick, a quick trigger on that to pull the plug on that possibility but still I think it could be done if you you could trade up theoretically but also think this isn't a Jared Goff if there are teams out there let's say the Washington Commanders that yeah. he's from the DC area if he gets the number one pick if they get the number one pick they're going to pick Caleb Williams I don't care if you make them a godfather offer so it does feel like the only way that you could truly have a realistic chance of getting Caleb Williams is if you are the worst or one of the worst teams in the league. There's a domain name for sale. That's tank for Caleb Williams.com. You can get it for $500 on Craigslist. And I think that really is the only way is if you crumble for Caleb. And if you look at some of these models, I mean, they're projected to win around five games. I'm more optimistic than that. Like I said, I have to see it till I believe it. Sean McVay, if this team wants to win, if they stay healthy, I find it hard to believe that they are going to be among some of the worst teams in the league. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people out there, but still, I think, you know, like you said, I love what you said uh, when we talked, when we did the episode about tanking. It's not like the Rams are going to go out there and take a knee on every right. player, anything like that. But if they did get Caleb Williams or, or were in the mix to get him, it just means that things didn't work out this season, right? Yeah. And it means that, you know, I, Positioning yourself to take a player like that means you have to make some long-term decisions, right? That there, you're, you have these two different timelines that are going on at the same time. There's the timeline of the 2023 season, which, you know, in a perfect world, you go 17-0, and 0, you win the Super Bowl, and everybody's happy. That's not happening this year. So the timeline becomes, what do you do beyond this season? And what does that timeline look like? And if you got to really take it on the chin in the short period, and again, like you mentioned, that doesn't mean you quit. Guys don't want to go to jail. It means that the roster is constructed in a certain way that it's very unlikely that you win a lot of games, that maybe if the ball bounces the, the air quote the wrong way a few times, then you find yourself there organically. But uh, look, we're going to know. We're going to know by week five or six what this team looks like and how many wins they have. And then what happens from that point forward, I think will be pretty obvious. Obvious. Yeah, no, for sure. We're going to know early on what this season's going to look like. And look, yes, it's not tanking. They are not going to tank. I'm going to say that again, again, again. But there is something called creative roster management yes. <laughs> that we saw. And look what happened in 2020 when the Jets, they beat the Rams and the Browns in December that year. It cost them Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Look what yeah. happened with the Colts when they snapped their two game winning streak to end the year. And that got them Andrew luck. So there are ways that you can try to, to put yourself in a better position. If you're late in the year and you are close, but that's not what this Rams team is going to do. I still feel like they feel confident that they're going to win a lot of games, but, and also too, to your point, I think Arizona, they're the dangerous team. I think yes. feels like they're they done. With picks, Kyler Murray. They got two picks. I want to say in the, yeah. they get, uh, is it Chicago's pick as well? Or Houston's pick. That's what it is that they'll have their own pick and Houston. 
Arizona's going to be bad. Houston's going to be bad. So those are two high picks likely. Uh, and and now, you know, they can not only take a quarterback, but they don't need your fourth or fifth pick. If they're, if they're ahead of you to begin with and the Texans are as bad as we think that they're going to be, Arizona could have two picks in the top five or ten easily. Yeah, no, easily get two picks in the top uh, 10 right there. And like they definitely would go after him. Makes a lot of sense on the West Coast. Go after the Rams, the Seahawks, and the 49ers in that tough division. But yeah, just to be clear, I'm not saying that any player should go into a game and give less. They are not going to benefit from that. But hey, if you get a franchise quarterback, that has a long lasting impact on yep. your franchise. But I also will say, how did tank for Tua work out, right? Tank for Tua, hashtag tank for Tua. How did that work out? So there is no the wrong guy. And, you know, keep in mind before we go to the next segment that Justin Herbert was better, is better. That, that not only did the Dolphins have the the, the the Dolphins and the Chargers right next to each other in the draft, two quarterbacks available in that draft right there. They picked the wrong guy. You just, it, it is, you do all your homework, you make all the best decisions, you have all the right intentions, and sometimes you just don't get the right guy it, because the Chargers got the right guy by accident. Yeah, no, for sure. And who knows? Maybe Drake Bay is this year's Herbert yep. and Caleb Williams ends up in that situation. But you just never know. But yeah, the bottom line here is the only way I think the Rams do get there is if they have a terrible season. I don't foresee a world where you have that same luck where you have the 15th pick and you trade all the way to one. I think Caleb Williams is a superior prospect, a superior possibility than Jared Goff. So I just don't see it happening. You would have to crumble for Caleb. And if that happens organically, if that happens organically, and then you make the best out of that situation. But in the final segment here on lockdown, we're going to talk about is Caleb Williams, the perfect fit for LA does LA need a superstar quarterback in the future for this franchise that's coming up next on locked on Rams. And thank you for making locked on Rams. Your first listen every single day, free and available wherever you get your podcast and a special shout out to our everyday who rock with us every day here on Locked On Rams. Also find us over on YouTube. Now, Travis, in the final segment, we're going to get into this. Is he the perfect fit for LA? Do the Rams need a superstar quarterback that's from USC to really take this franchise to a whole nother level, try to get some more market space here in Los Angeles? I mean, do you think he's the perfect fit for LA? Y yes, is the short answer, Doug. I really can't imagine a better scenario because look, here, here's the reality of where the Rams are in Los Angeles and what they've done in the seven years that they've been back here. The fact of the matter is, of the seven seasons they've had, five of them have been somewhere between pretty good and excellent. They've had two Super Bowl appearances in the seven years since they've come back. Two Super Bowl appearances in seven years is bonkers good, okay? They have one of the great defensive players, not only in the history of the organization, in the history of the league, in Aaron Donald. You have an incredibly popular player in Cooper Cup. You built a stadium that is the gold standard for stadiums across the world, and people are excited to walk into that building every single day. They have not missed a step since returning uh, to L.A. seven years ago. They got a long way to go. And the only way you can do it is with time. And the way that you can maybe slowly or I say pick up the pace a little bit on that is by having somebody that is you're already familiar with that comes in that's your guy. Matthew Stafford, for better or for worse, he came from Detroit. Aaron Donald, for better or for worse, came from St. Louis. That these are guys that were from other places that came here that aren't our guys. Think about Kobe Bryant. Think about Magic Johnson. Think about Clayton Kershaw. Think about these guys that were, hey, that's a young guy that I kind of know. Oh, wow, look, that's really special. And all of a sudden, you really start to believe him as your own guy. 
Caleb Williams has an opportunity to do that. Some kid that's nine years old right now who goes to his first Rams game and sees Caleb Williams out there doing his thing, that guy's a Rams fan for life. You've got him, and, and you've got his and all his buddies and everything else. It takes time. The Rams have gotten an A-plus on doing what they've done since they've come back, but the Caleb Williams type of player, the local guy made good, the star player, it's like putting everything on steroids and speeding it up. Um, I, I think it's the perfect fit, and that's why I think it's so interesting that they have a chance to get him potentially. Yeah, no, I think that makes so much sense. What you said, I love how you bring up Kobe Bryant. And what I've always said is Tim Duncan worked in San Antonio. He wouldn't have worked as well in Los Angeles no. because it's not just about winning in Los Angeles. It's how you win. It's the superstars you have. Kobe Bryant worked in Los Angeles because he was the guy that the superstars came to see. He was the star of stars. And if you get someone like Caleb Williams, you're going to see a guy that finally is in the top five of Jersey sales. Like you said, this is a YouTube star, a Twitter star, an Instagram star that kids flock to. He's generational yep. and he transcends just being a great football player. And I definitely think the Rams could benefit from that. Absolutely. I think that the USC ties is really the cherry on top when it's all said and done. So yeah, I definitely think that this Rams franchise, they've, when you look at the phases that this franchise is in, Come back to LA. You get to another, you get to a Super Bowl, you don't win. You get back to the Super Bowl, you win in your house, in Rams' house. And now I think the next step is getting those homegrown guys that you can just grow with and live with and see for 10, 12, 15 years. And like you said, you've been Clay and Kershaw and all those names. So yeah, I agree 100%. I kind of wish that. There was a way that we didn't have to suffer through a terrible season just to have a chance at him. I mean, I want Caleb Williams on the Rams more than Ralphie, one of the Red Rider BB gun in Christmas story. Okay. I want him. Shoot your eye out. (laughs) Yeah. Shoot my eye out. Look, I'm a UCLA guy. I mean, I hate saying that, but I definitely agree with you 100% that. A guy like this makes so much sense for the Rams, but yeah, I think this would, this would, you would see, I mean, you would see less 49ers jerseys, right? You would see less of the road team taking over. It might take three or four years, but he has the potential to do just that. Yeah, he does. I I, I would maybe push back a little bit. I think it's going to take longer than three or four. I think it's going to take 15 or 20. It just, it takes a long time. It's that, that kid right now that's 10, that's a Niner fan. He's going to be 30, still living here. He's still a Niner fan. It's the kid that's that's two right now that you got to get. He's the guy that's got to be your guy. Um, it, it, it takes a long, long time. You can do it, and it takes – and they have not missed it. If they were taking a test and this was the midterm, they got a 4.0, right? They're, they're doing it exactly right, but you just have to finish the test – and all you can do is wait and hope that you pick the right guy. Because right now, the, the the face of the Rams franchise as the Los Angeles Rams is Sean McVay. Sean, Sean McVay is the face of the franchise, and he's a good one. He's handsome. He's telegenic. He's, he's He's got charisma. He's really good at what he does. He's got great energy. Like you say, he's a guy that other famous people are drawn to, which is important in this town. But he's the coach. Right. And now he can be here for a long time and he and hopefully he will be. But the coach as the face of the franchise is a tricky one. Right. Because they typically don't stay a super. The Bill Belichick's and Pete Carroll's of the world, you know, Andy Reid's of the world. They don't come around all that often. Now I think he's got a chance to be one of those guys. But if you had a player, I think that's an even better option. Yeah, no good point. I mean, Sean McVay, young coach, definitely the face of the franchise. Caleb Williams actually said he did want to play with a young coach. So there's somebody said that. And also McVay actually worked with, 
Caleb Williams back in DC a few years back. So there is a little connection there. I'm trying to find any way, but also I know you're, I will wrap this up here to get to your point about the 15 years. Hey, look, you got 90,000 people at USC games. Those are Saturdays. Just go to the Rams game on Sunday at 70,000. If every USC fan becomes a Rams fan overnight, there you go. It would help for sure. SoFi. Yeah, no, look, I, I look forward to that day. I hope I'm still doing uh, what I'm doing by the time that we get there. But uh, I, I'm also a fair, I'm a bit of a pragmatist in this. And I know that it takes some time. And the good news is they're doing it right. The, the bad news is it just takes time. Absolutely. So, yeah, let us know down below in the comment section. We want all of your Caleb Williams takes down below. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And that man to your right is Mr. Travis Rogers. You can follow him on Twitter at Travis Rogers. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell. Drop those comments down below. And until next time, whose house is Locked on Rams house?